This is episode 292, Stop Obsessive Thinking with Demi. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for writing your reviews to all my new listeners. Every Wednesday, I air a life coaching episode where you hear an unscripted, unedited, unproduced, raw coaching call between me and someone I've never met. And every Saturday, I have episodes called Coach's Corner where I discuss something or I bring on an amazing guest. Last week, we had the incredible Dr. Cleopatra talking about reproductive health and our fertility. And this coming weekend, my favorite guest, my husband, (laughs) will be joining me again to answer more of your questions on love and relationship. We are also hosting a love and relationship group coaching call, virtual group coaching call, where we teach a little bit and then we answer your questions on April 22nd at 7 p.m. Central. So that's 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can register at christinehasser.com slash group. It's only 20 bucks. It's recorded. So if you can't make it live, you can get the recording. And we're specifically going to be talking about masculine and feminine energies, dynamics, polarity. We get a lot of questions on masculine, feminine, energetic, and there's a lot of confusion on it out in the world. So typically a lot of questions and just know masculine and feminine energy exists within each of us. No matter what our sexual orientation, we have this energy in each of us. So it's, we live in a world of duality. You know, we have a right and a left side. We have a right and left hemisphere of our brain. We have hot, we have cold, we have different seasons that balance each other out. Duality is part of the balance of the world and of the planet. And so that masculine and feminine energy, it's not, again, it's not a gender thing. It's an energetic thing. And we could call them different things. I actually like calling them masculine and feminine energies because there is that polarity of that dynamic that that plays out in the world. You know, even looking at a super more masculine looking city like New York City versus a more feminine looking state like Hawaii, we see how these polarities and these energetics just play out in the world. And speaking of masculine energy, I'm sitting in my office and there's... (laughs) so much construction going on across the street. And I've sat here stopping and starting the recording for a while, trying to eliminate the noise of construction in the background. There it is again. It seems like they're, I don't know what they're doing, but it's loud and we're just going to roll with it. So if you hear some loud sounds in the background, I apologize. Oh, there goes the big truck. It's a big, all pumped up, super masculine truck. It's very, very loud. (laughs) Anyway, apologize for any background noise, but back to April 22nd, christinehasler.com slash group. Join us. We'd love to have you there. We're also going to be leading a virtual relationship retreat. You can go to christinehasler.com slash relationship support to get on the early bird list for that and get more information. So today's call is a beautiful call as usual, one that I relate to. We talk a lot about obsessive compulsive thinking and anxiety and worst case scenarios, all things I can raise my hand to and 
definitely something I've learned how to manage and love and heal and deal with over the years that I've dealt with it. And one of the reasons I love doing what I do is because in talking to thousands of people at this point, I realize how human it is. It's so human to worry and to have anxiety and to have that kind of obsessive thinking. I see it, maybe it's because there are more females that I talk to, but I see it so strong in females. And and speaking of this, I love all the women that call into the show. It's awesome to have those female voices. I know there are a lot of male voices that listen to the show. I know you're out there. And I'd absolutely love to have more of that male masculine energy on. So if you want to be a guest on the show, go to christinehassler.com slash waitlist. That's where you can put all your information on so we can get you on the show. As you're listening to today's episode, consider, do you tend to have an overactive brain? Do you struggle with indecision and a pattern of you feel like you can never do enough? You can't relax. You can never do enough. Do you deal with FOMO or shooting all over yourself? Do you have a strong intuition, but either don't listen to it, or even when you do listen to it, still question yourself. Keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Demi. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode, which is Third Love. Third Love uses the measurements of millions of women to design bras with all-day comfort and support. They stand behind their products. If you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. Third Love has more than 80 sizes. Every Third Love bra is made with signature memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a scratch-free band from cups AA to I, including half cups and bands 30 to 48. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm all for comfy clothes especially this year when we've all been leaving our houses a little less, I tend to not get dressed that often. (laughs) I do get out of my pajamas, but I mean like dress dressed. And I've just realized how awesome it is to be comfortable. It's so great to be comfortable. And for years I wore bras that were not comfortable and I just got used to it. Sort of like when you wear an uncomfortable thong, it's like you get used to it after a while, but once you take it off, it's like, oh God, man that really was not comfortable. But Third Love with their fitting room quiz, which is like a personal shopper for your boobs. The fitting room quiz focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to deliver bras and underwear that are perfect for you so that you actually can be comfortable. The fitting room has helped 18 million women find their true bra size. You could be next. So it's time to, like me, break up with your bad bra and fall in love with better bras and underwear. Your body deserves it. What's also really cool about Third Love is they donate all of their gently used return bras to women in need, supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay area and across the United States. So far, Third Love has donated over $40 million in bras and they also have created loungewear, which is awesome. From lazy Sundays on the couch to weekend outings to... (laughs) Zoom calls, (laughs) loungewear will keep you super comfy with premium cotton fabrics and easy fit knits. So here's what you do for 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash over it to find your perfect fitting bra. Third Love knows your one true fit is out there. So get that 20% off on your first order. Third Love, T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E.com slash over it for 20% off today. And now on to my call with Demi. 
Demi, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I would love to talk about something that has been a struggle for me for most of my life. Mm. And I'd say really became amplified in my teenage years. I'm uh, 30 now. My brain has always been very busy, overactive. I tend to really think ahead, have obsessive thinking, overthinking, and can get really caught in intense indecision. Mm-hmm. And this seems to be really paired with this pattern of having a hard time like doing nothing. I feel like I'm not doing enough. I need to be accomplishing things, being productive or or like out doing outdoor adventures or something exciting. Mm. And I find like when I'm most paralyzed by indecision is when FOMO and shooting are involved. I really struggle with those. And I, I do have a strong connection to my intuition and can feel what it's telling me I need or want. But when those two aspects come into play, my mind gets loud. I get really confused and overwhelmed and I just... Mm can't seem to let go. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes to the point, like even when I make a choice, I will continue to analyze and obsess over it. Mm -hmm. Wondering if it was right, or if I could do something different, maybe even kind of beat myself up. So, you know, I've been working, I've been working with my inner child and childhood wounds. And I'm, I'm starting to understand this as part of like a protective mechanism. I think maybe to protect against disappointment, being let down, but it is such a like intense source of anxiety and mm-hmm. suffering for me. And I just love to dig a little bit deeper into mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times with this, there's, there's chemical things going on as well. Like mm. your, your, your brain chemistry and your nervous system has mm. been adapted based on childhood. Basically, yeah. I'm going to guess that you didn't live in the most safe environment and you had to be hypervigilant. No. Yes. Yeah. So maybe you've heard me say that anything that's tied to survival is tough to shake, no matter how much Mm. we want to, because it's sort of like you can tell your heart, stop beating, stop beating, stop beating. (laughs) It won't Mm -hmm. (laughs) because Mm -hmm. it's keeping you alive. Right. And with and and hypervigilance and and OCD and all of that and the FOMO and the missing out and did I make the wrong decision? It mm-hmm. all is tied to hypervigilance, which is a massive protective strategy for you. Mm-hmm. So first things first, massive compassion for this. Massive yeah. compassion because at the root of this is a terrified little girl. Yeah. And the OCD, and, and it's sort of like, well, let me just let me just guess. If you made a wrong step in your home in any way, shape, or form, you were too loud, you made a mistake, you broke a dish, what happened? I don't remember. Okay. What would you guess? Honestly, I think there was probably from my mom, I think there was probably some instability maybe and like sometimes it was okay and sometimes it wasn't okay Mm -hmm. depending on where she was at in her emotions and and mental health. and, And for my father, probably a little bit more of like the punishment Mm -hmm. aspect of things. What do you remember from childhood? Oh, man, it's very blurry. I remember feeling, I I do remember being very obsessively thinking, like there was a period of time where I'd have to make sure all the doors and blinds Mm -hmm. were shut before I could go to bed and I'd have to pray at night or like bad things would happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my dad was an alcoholic and so I just, there was like an unsafety there and 
you know, I'm very empathetic. So I think there was some sense of something wrong, but not really understanding. And just sure. kind of with, with him in that state, there was, there was just a lot of unsafety yeah. and like my parents fighting and like some pretty like intense kind of traumatic um, events with them in their pretty mm. chaotic relationship. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So a lot of fear. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, of uncertainty. A lot of feeling out of control. A lot of not yeah. knowing when the other shoe was going to drop. Yeah. And as a little feeler, you had to go into your head. Yeah. Your brain has to be busy. Yeah. Because if you're not distracted, then there's a possibility you could have memories or you could feel a lot of this stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So again, back to so much compassion. <laughs> there's there's nothing wrong with you. This is a very adaptive thing. Mm -hmm. Very adaptive thing. So there's a couple ways to to go with this. Well, let me ask you this. What what work? I don't love using that word, but what discovery, <laughs> what development have you done around this? Just so I'm not telling you something you already know. Um uh like can you be can you give me a little bit more? Like have you done therapy, that? personal development workshops, books? Oh. Yeah, I just started therapy actually for the first time in January, Great. but I had um I've done a lot of just I did a lot of on my own, just a lot of exploration mm -hmm. of that inner world, um journaling, uh, a lot of healing arts, plant medicine. And what have you uh, discovered it, in all that? I guess the biggest thing was just starting to make the links back to how this has been something that I've just always had, but how it was caused from feeling really unsafe as a child. I don't think I understood that until right. more recently in my life. Yeah. Um, and starting to kind of peel back some of those memories and yeah, really understanding I've studied somatics um, and mind-body therapies a lot, so I understand a lot about the nervous system and mm -hmm. how how the the kind of sympathetic overdrive I probably experienced as a kid. Mm -hmm. Really, you know, I've struggled with digestive issues too mm -hmm. all my life, mm -hmm. so um, I've done a lot of work in that realm. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my that's my job. Um, so I understand kind of that physiological level too, but. Yeah, there's so many layers I'm starting to peel back now. And I, I found that, again, I just could analyze all this stuff through my brain and talk about it easily with people. But to go into the body with it is something I yeah. haven't been doing. Well, and that's where the somatics really come in. Yeah. You know, that's where it really comes in. And But, but first, you've got to feel safe in your body. So before really yeah. going into exploring the feelings, it's feeling safe. And the reason I asked you about what would happen if you made a mistake is, you know, my sense is that's why you struggle so much with indecision and mm. FOMO and shooting. It's like any wrong move has huge consequences. Even though your mm. rational mind can tell you not going to that party is okay. Like I didn't want to go. You're mm -hmm. that part of you that yeah. feels like, I made the wrong choice mm -hmm. gets flared up 
And it's going to go into that hypervigilant and that obsessive thinking because essentially what obsessive thinking is doing is it's trying to make us feel safe. It's trying to give us a sense of control when we have none. And I know you know all this. So let me Mm -hmm. ask you this. What do you think would be most helpful for me? How can I support you most? Hmm. I feel like you've experienced some of this yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) from a little that I know of your story. And I feel like you might just have some new tools or new, new pathways for me to Mm -hmm. consider that I haven't Mm -hmm. yet. Well, I can tell you this, and it's not going to be super mind blowing is (laughs) the biggest thing that has shifted this for me is accepting it. accepting it's a pattern because when I judge it and when I think it is me, then it gets carried away. You know, it feels out of control. I start spinning, but when I can Mm -hmm. observe it and say, that's not me, that's my OCD. That's not me. Mm. Actually, I say that's the OCD. I don't even own it. Mm. Um, or I, I can watch it and be like, that's a protective part of me. Being able, well, I'll give you a great example. So I went on a little trip just last night and I was staying in this little cottage and there was a small corporation, like six people having their company retreat. And I didn't think they knew that there was somebody else staying there. Anyway, my cottage was right by the fire pit where they were having a fire and being very loud. They were drinking. And I just Mm -hmm. opened my door and I said, hey, um, there's somebody else staying here. Can you just, you know, keep it down? Thank you so much. It was midnight at that point. And I saw the Mm -hmm. fire right next to my cottage. I get back in bed. Where do you think my head went? Oh, yeah. You thought about going out there like. And putting out the fire myself. Because if Mm -hmm. I didn't. If they're drunk, they don't put out the fire correctly. Mm -hmm. The wind is blowing in this direction. I'm the first cottage. I'm already thinking about if there's a fire, am I going to be able to get out? Did I do the right? Just, it just, you know how the mind goes. It can go to that worst case scenario. So these things happen frequently. (laughs) And and the, the biggest thing that has helped me is to watch it to observe it, to know it's not fully me. It's almost like there's this piece of me that's having the reaction. And then there's this piece of me that can watch it and know what it is and not take it too seriously. I don't judge it. Mm -hmm. I don't demean it. I just, Mm -hmm. and the other thing I was having a conversation with my sister about this and she goes like, this is just, why do you think anxiety meds are prescribed so often? Because Mm -hmm. this is a epidemic There's so many adults who didn't feel safe as children for one way or another, Mm. or don't feel safe in the world. Our nervous systems are not built for the world that we live in. They're really, really not. Mm -hmm. And anyone who has heightened sensitivity, which you do, I can hear by talking to you. It's like we have more sensitive nervous systems. And if childhood was triggering to that, then they just get flared up. And it's almost like we have injured nervous systems, which affects our brain because you know the link between the nervous system and the brain. And we're walking around with an injured nervous system without any compassion. So for example, let's say you broke your leg in third grade and it was really bad. And you always, you had a limp as an adult. You wouldn't be like, why do I have this limp? This limp is so awful. I hate this Mm. limp. I need to figure this limp out. Be like, well, I have a limp because I broke my leg. 
and I can mm-hmm. do physical therapy and do what I can, but I also need to accept this is, I have a limp. Yeah. So the, yeah. the acceptance piece, you know, I have tried a lot, you know, certain supplements <laughs> and this and that. I will say that things like not having caffeine, getting a lot of sleep, making sure I have enough magnesium, you know, things like that, just mm-hmm. nervous system, cortisol, um, regulating type things help. But the thing that mm-hmm. has helped more than anything else is accepting it. Like I had a limp because mm-hmm. I broke my leg in third grade and watching it so that because mm. when you can watch it, like when you can watch the obsessive thinking, when you can watch the, you know, regret and the overanalysis that comes when you make a decision, it gives you a sense of control over the part of you that's trying yeah. to control by worrying. So it takes a little of the yeah. power out of it. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Totally. I really resonate with that because I have discovered recently going deeper into this work, how unaccepting I am, like the, the lack of self-love there and self-compassion. Yeah. And it's that negative self-talk that just thinking, oh, I just got to do, you know, try harder, do better. You know, why am I not being resilient? It just makes it all worse. So when you have that childhood where you're not really clear what's okay, what's not, if you say this, are you going to get in trouble? If you accidentally break something, is is dad going to explode? So the inner critic starts as sort of an inner policeman or woman inside of us because that's how kids start to know right from wrong. It's like, no, this is good. That's sort of how they start to learn behavior and all that kind of stuff. What happens is it gets overdeveloped. And your, mm. your critic, just like your obsessive part, is another aspect that's trying to keep you safe because you also never developed as a child, like what's okay, what's not okay, coming back to the how do I make a decision kind of thing. Because you mm. didn't really have super present parents who were helping you discover your intuition, your autonomy, your decision-making, anything. So you just yeah. have to feel it out from your inner critic. From the place of what's bad, what's good, that type of place. So all of this, the obsessive thinking, the critic, all of it actually is ways you love yourself. (laughs) Crazy. It is crazy. (laughs) These minds of us are crazy. They're crazy. What? I know. But it's because it's protecting. So we, Mm. again, whatever keeps us alive... Whatever is tied to survival is what we do the most. So same thing Mm. when that inner critic comes up, when that part of you that's really hard on yourself, just in that moment, I forgive myself for being so mean to myself. I just, and you take a breath and you do your best. It's, It's the awareness and the acceptance and the working with it. You know, and a big thing that's helped me with anxiety, obsessive thinking, all of it is the emotional release work I teach. The anger releases, mm-hmm. the release writing, all of that. You know, sometimes when I'm on a worst case scenario thinking, I will just get out paper and just write it all down and get it out and, yeah. and just let it be. But more than anything else, it's been developing that witness because when you can see it's not you, it gives you a sense of control over it. Mm-hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. just make sure that when you separate and you go, 
that's the OCD. It's not me. Or that's the inner critic. It's not me. You're not making it bad or wrong. Right. You see it. Right. You think it. So last night, how I eventually got to sleep, because I did in the, in, you know, 10 years ago, <laughs> 10 years ago, I would have been calling the cops because I wouldn't have been able to sleep. But how I do it is I thank that part. I thank it so much for being so cautious, for looking out for me, for being hypervigilant because it wants to protect me. And I thank it and I love it. And then usually I pray. Mm. And that's, that's the last thing I'll say. And then I want to hear from you. It's been kind of a, a step process. It's first accepting it, welcoming yeah. it, separating from it, witnessing, and then going to my spiritual practice, my relationship mm-hmm. with source, with God for my sense of safety. Because the more mm. I nurture that and trust that, the less I need the hypervigilance. Right. Yeah. So I've, I've blabbed mm. at you a lot. How can this work for you? How can you feel? How do you feel you can apply this? I know the, the self-acceptance and just really like embracing that aspect is so mm-hmm. vital. And, um, and name it, separate just, it, really see it as a part, not you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even I love what you're saying about just, just thinking it for what, how it's trying to protect me, like having like compassion for that and, you know, for that little, that little one inside mm-hmm. and then, yeah, just separating, separating that. And, um, you know, of course, just the, the emotional release, like as I've gotten older, it just, it, it comes more and more and I just mm-hmm. feel how important that is. Anger is a new one that I'm starting to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been pretty difficult, but, um, yeah, finding, finding my ways to, to do that. Cause sometimes it will just bubble up and I just, I just crack open and and crying, but it doesn't, I don't know if it's, it's a release, but I don't know if it's coming in the way that maybe best serves me. Does that make sense? Well, it's a release if you're not judging yourself when you're crying. Mm, it's yeah. a re- it's okay. a release if you're in compassion. Yeah. And the internal voice is it's okay, let it out. I love myself. This emotion is good. Yeah. Or there's no internal voice at all. You're just allowing the emotion. You're feeling it in your body. You know, right. that's another way I I work on releasing emotion versus recycling, getting out of my head because I have a very overactive mind as well is I'll try yeah. to feel the emotion in my body and that's, you know, a lot of the somatic work which you're familiar with. Yeah. So that, that compassion, I love what you, Mm -hmm. no, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say, I love what you uh, said about the inner critic, just how that developed. Mm -hmm. I've never thought about it that way. How it Mm -hmm. developed in childhood is like the way I figured out what was right or wrong. Exactly. You know, just as a protector. Um, So having more compassion with that is going to be really helpful. Yeah. Compassion is the gateway drug to self-love. Yeah. And it's funny because you, you know, I'm like, oh, I I love myself. I love myself. But there is a deeper, like when these things come up, I'm not loving myself Mm -hmm. very well. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) well, it's, it's hard to love ourselves when we're in a survival pattern, right? That, and here's the deal. Like if, for example, 
going back to my crazy night last night, if for example, <laughs> my cottage started burning down, I love that my brain can go into hypervigilance and action and know where the exit is and know what I need to grab. Like that's great. However, yeah, yeah. me, you being chased by a lion, me being in a building that's burning down, the chances of that are very, very, very low, but our brains sometimes work like it's happening right now all the time. And that's hypervigilance. So it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing when you need it. Like, you know, we don't, we can't live in a total stress-free, non-activating life. There are times when that super comes in handy. I'm sure you can think of times when your mind and your hypervigilance Mm -hmm. and your ability to think through things has come in handy. You just want mm-hmm. to be aware of when it's draining your life force and when it's taking you on that oh, downward yeah. spiral into anxiety. Oh yeah. I, I feel that. I feel that draining of the life force yeah. and it, you know, I find that pattern of, I want to do these certain things and then never really having the energy or time to do it. And I think yeah. it's cause I just drain and drain and drain from this place. Yeah. The other just physical thing you can try is after you've, you know, separated from it and you still may feel it, you still may have the thoughts, but as long as you can witness them, as long as you can be aware that you're having the Mm -hmm. thoughts, you are not the thoughts. You have dominion over them because you're watching them. But when you feel like you're at a point where you're not so in the pattern, another thing you Mm -hmm. can do is lay on a bed or just anywhere soft and just shake your body. Because Mm, what that does is, you know, we're animals (laughs) and Mm -hmm. the animalistic response to any kind of activation or trauma is once the animal knows it's safe, it shakes. So by Mm -hmm. shaking the body and moving that energy, you're telling your body and you're telling your nervous system that we're out of danger. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing you can try. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good, it's a really good point. Yeah. 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 And you're so not alone on this. I'm sure there's thousands <laughs> of people listening right now that are uh, thinking, oh, this could be me having this conversation. I so know. I feel alone sometimes. You're not. <laughs> you're not. And there's a lot of shame in it too. You know, even that label OCD is like anything mental health related. There's just so much shame. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this show is because like I want people to know that they're not alone, that it's so common yeah. to have things like this. And I'm not making light of it or anything because I know I get the seriousness of this, Demi. I really do. I oh, just yeah. want you to know that like you are not messed up. You are not broken. <clears throat> you are not effed in the head. You you know, had a very difficult childhood. There's a scared little girl. And these are the ways you've been keeping yourself safe. And over time, yeah. as you practice what we're talking about, it will shift. Yeah, it will. Mm. It has been. Yeah. <laughs> I think patience too in, in that acceptance will be important for me. It all falls into the category of not judging and uh, not, not yeah. freaking out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I hope this helps. It does. Thank you. Thank you so much, Demi, for your honesty. Thank you for bringing this topic up. And thank you for asking me, you know, how I deal with it because anxiety, OCD, overactive mind, these are all things that I've dealt with ever since I can remember. So I really, really empathize and and don't in any way, shape or form pretend to 
claim that they're totally gone. I have learned to manage them. I have learned to work with them. I've learned to have a lot more compassion and acceptance for them and to really see how they support me and assist me. You know, the, the thing about hypervigilance is there's usually increased sensitivity and increased sensitivity usually means more connection to intuition, compassion, empathy. So I know that my hypervigilance and my anxiety and some of my obsessive thinking is also why I'm good at what I do and not because I'm hypervigilant and I push myself, but because I have that sensitivity and that intuition. And P.S. I'm going to have a guest on highly sensitive people, HSPs, on the show very, very soon. So I really look forward to that because I know a lot of you can relate to that. And if you don't relate to having an overactive mind, if you're able to relax really easily, that's a beautiful thing. And I guarantee you there's someone in your life who probably does deal with that. And so having sensitivity and compassion for people that, you know, aren't able to quote unquote, calm down or quote unquote, just not think about it is really important because if you're someone that deals with anxiety, OCD, any of those things, when people tell you just to calm down or not think about it, it's, it's, it's maddening because you're like, well, believe me, I would, if I could, like this isn't, it isn't because I haven't thought maybe it'd be a good idea to calm down or not think about it. It's just my brain is basically on fire here and I can't stop it. It's on a runway and it's taken off. And so as I shared with Demi, one of the ways that we deal with that is witnessing it, is not making it wrong, is accepting it. Cause the moment we witness something, we accept something, we realize it's not us. And in that, in, in that knowing it's not us, and being able to see it and witness and go, oh, that's the OCD, or that's my hypervigilant, or that's my inner critic. When we can name it, it's like, oh, wait, this isn't totally me. There's a part of me that can identify it and name it. So it must not be totally me. And that gives us a sense of control. It gives us a sense of power over it. So it, it, it feels like it's not a runaway train and we can actually go, okay, whew, all right. And that's how we can begin to calm down. Breathing techniques are really helpful. Lying and shaking, like I talked to Demi about, is really helpful. You know, she also mentioned, we didn't talk about this, that pattern of not being able to do enough, like not being able to relax every time she calms down and has a break. It's like, what do I need to be doing? And a lot of times that's because there's emotion underneath all of that hypervigilance that we don't want to feel. So it's like, let me keep, let me keep myself safe from my own emotion. Let me keep myself safe from feeling. Let me keep myself safe from the shoe dropping the moment it's quiet. So let me just be busy. You know, often people that grew up in a chaotic home aren't really good with relaxing because when things were quiet, that was the calm before the storm. So having that emotional release being able to yell and scream and cry with compassion, with no judgment is an important part of working with this too. As I shared with Demi, my emotional release work has helped my anxiety, my obsessive thinking, all of that so, 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 so much because there's less energy that I'm suppressing. I'm more in touch with what's actually going on. And so I need that hypervigilance less and less and less. And it helps me deal with everything that I feel and the heightened sensitivity that I have. And I know so many of you have as well. So some takeaways for you. Number one, if you have people in your life that just tell you to calm down or not think about it, do your best to have your boundaries around that and say, you know what, when you say that, it actually doesn't work for me. It makes me feel worse 
because I'm, I'm would love to do that, but my brain just doesn't do that the way it's wired in this moment. And so it would be more helpful to me if you said something like, what do you need? You're safe. I'm here. That's way more helpful than telling me just calm down or just don't think about it. Next, separate yourself from whatever is seems like it's running you as best you can. The minute you witness it, the minute you separate yourself, it doesn't have as much control over you because you're like, ah, I see you. And you still love it and accept it. You don't judge it. You don't separate and go, oh, you piece of crap inner critic. Oh, my OCD so sucks. I hate this part of me. Something's wrong with me. You don't do any of that. You love it. You accept it. You notice it. You see it. Use any of the calming techniques, any type of breath work, sounding, shaking, movement, Remember, so much of that mental hypervigilance is because we're in the mind. So if we can get into the body and move the energy, it shakes things up and it really can help as well. All right, everybody, that is the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you felt less alone after you listened to this episode, especially if you relate to a lot of what Demi shared. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe in iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 